0: Listening to 66.6 FM. Radio T O V H. The Flush. Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Thrashenkill, and you're listening to another thrilling episode of the of Hull Radio Show. Joined today by my right-hand man. You know him, you love him, the Golden Boy. Some have called him the Internet Sweetheart, and the man with the sweetest ass in all of Rhode Island. I'm talking, of course, about 365 days of horror or as we like to call him, Jordan. Jordan, how are you?
1: I am good, and I'm glad you mentioned the sweetness of my ass because uh, we have Halloween up in just a couple of days, and I've actually been working on my Halloween costume, and I think it's going to fit in well because I'm trying to go for a sexy, death metal basis look this year.
0: Oh, yeah? Do you have any anything in mind, like any uh, comparisons you can point to? You know, I'm, I, I think I've got most of the
1: costume ready, but... I, I really need a few more pointers to really get it the way I want it to be. Do you, do you think we have anyone that can help me out?
0: Let's see. Sexy bass players. Uh what's uh what's Steve DiGiorgio up to?
1: Probably not a lot.
0: <laughs> uh, I
2: wish you could see my face right now.
0: <laughs> uh, I guess there's also a Really? I guess there's Giorgio <laughs> I guess there's also, you know, you could point to one Dr. Roth sewage. I think that that would count.
2: Yeah, you could point and you could squeeze and you could pinch. Hi, everybody.
0: That's right, folks. Making his triumphant return to the Toilet of Hell podcast uh, with, with actually pretty significant demand. A lot of people I've talked to IRL that like the site uh, were like uh, – by the way, uh, Frankenstein's Army uh, is the best suggestion you guys have ever made on this podcast. And we've done like 400 episodes of this show. So uh, that should say something about you know the quality of uh, the movie you suggested for us a couple of years ago and how low every other recommendation we have on the show is.
2: I am pretty awesome. It's true. My taste is beyond par.
0: So we we brought you back uh, specifically for one of these October spooktacular episodes. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about horror things, uh, but we're also going to talk about some other stuff.
2: You, want, you wanted to bring in someone with with class and taste, and I am here for it.
0: Exactly, that's exactly what we wanted.
2: And and an ass that won't quit. I will tell you, not enough bass players are doing glute bridges to really exercise the size of their ass, and that's be my first recommendation. Before you even get the fundamentals of base down, start doing glute bridges, start doing side stretches, really get that ass working.
0: See, I think this is new. This is new technology. Uh, I'm from, uh, I guess, an, uh, an old school meat headed kind of uh, concept where nobody talks about glute bridges. They only talk about things like uh, deadlifts and squats. But, you know, you're really not getting the that- definition that you're looking for there
2: no that shit that shits for wimps that shits for wimps, and it'll just affect your bass playing. What you want is long gangly arms for bass playing and a nice big fat ass.
1: <laughs> that's why they have the song big bottom yep
0: now, our listeners are all taking notes furiously right now um ross you're you're up to a lot of things uh I think the last time uh we spoke uh one of the uh one of the things that you were really focusing on was your uh, perhaps due to the state of the pandemic at the time, uh, do, uh, was your G.I. Joe work. Uh, are you still working with the G.I. Joes?
2: Yes, I do. Uh, my uh, Through another tour, the collection got even bigger. I I had some people give me some donations of some old stuff, and I'm trying to incorporate my, my fun part because I've been getting into stuff that's later than my own time period from when I collected as a child and my own childhood figures. Was getting uh, some like more neon colored '90s, you know, extreme kind of things, Hell yeah. and putting that next to like olive green army drab grunts and just laughing at the fucking photos. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it br- it does bring me great joy. Um, I wish I had more time for it. I'm really uh, hoping for this next Omicron variant that's taking over Singapore right now to really, really do its thing so That I'll have more time to take GI Joe photos and you know, maybe we can get a couple more weeks off of work. It's really been crimping my style to, uh, actually have to go and do things instead of just getting paid by the government to sit at home. That was pretty fucking sweet.
0: It w- it was so sweet that it will never happen again, no matter how many bodies pile up. <laughs> no,
2: no, not going to happen again. Um, I'm on my fourth, I'm on my next second booster getting ready for tours again. And and, uh, but yeah, the, the GI Joe is, uh, always going to be a uh, special part of my life. And now, you know,
0: well, you're all boosted. You got big plans there. You got big plans for, for being all uh, uh, immune.
2: Yeah. I'm going to like make out with all the people I see that, um, you know, uh, consensually of course, cause consent is sexy,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, on tour with exhumed, uh, coming this, uh, was it starts uh, the first four days are without me because I botched a bunch of fucking shit up. (laughs) So Leon Del Muerte will be there. He will not be kissing anybody because he is a square. So everybody from Denver on, on that tour, the the lips are, are there and the nice fat bass ass. And we'll be playing a bunch of uh, tunes from our new record called to the dead that is out now. As this drops, I'm sure I'm not going to look at a calendar and make sure that's true. I know people have copies.
0: And I, I think as we're as we're recording right now, it's dropping tomorrow. So by the time people listen to this, it is definitely all the way out.
2: And yeah, then where the fuck is my copy? Because I feel like I should have an early copy. This is kind of bullshit. Uh, I'm going to have to call Relapse and tell them they're a bunch of jokers. Uh, <laughs> That's that's coming out. It's very exciting. We actually recorded that in April of 2021. So we've been sitting on that for a while, waiting for that to come out. And it's, so it's finally exciting to be able to share it with everybody. Uh, you know, pandemic uh, makes everything a little bit weirder. But we're very uh, we're very proud of it. Uh, we think it's good. It's in the classic Exhum vein, which is to say that it breaks no new ground in the death, <laughs> metal, and grind genre. It is exactly what you expect and what will be fun to listen to.
1: Yeah, I've heard the I've heard the album and uh fans who have liked everything you've done will enjoy this. It is gross death metal uh, as much as you can expect. Um you mentioned the tour and I do have a small bone to pick. It's not with you because I know you didn't book it, but you're touring with Vitriol, Holder and Mulder. And in the summer both Holder and Mulder had, had put out albums. And I had joked that when it gets colder, I hope Molder and Holder play in Boulder, <laughs> and you're playing in Denver. It's so close to my joke oh, it's it's, it's like when a band it's like when a band has the album is the same as the band name, but then they don't have a song with the band name as well. It's like, oh, who, you're almost there.
2: who the fuck plays Boulder? Nobody plays in Boulder unless it's a like- joke. Yeah, I know. But the joke. Well, nice try. I'm sorry we couldn't make it come true. Um, yeah, that, that would have been good. But come on, we got we got a little bit of the rhyme scheme going there. So it's that's pretty good.
0: I'm just over here repeating holder, 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 molder like some kind of idiot depiction of a Norwegian guy. holder,
2: <laughs> and moulder, and colder when it's in Boulder. And yeah, that's that's it, beautiful. I got nothing to say to that. I'm I'm sorry. I really actually am sorry. That's pretty fucking funny and stupid. I'll I'll put that idea into my folder.
1: Oh boy.
2: And we'll get we'll get to it when we're older.
1: Well, make sure you use a black pen and it's bolder.
0: <laughs> I think I got a connection loose on my circuit board. I might need to solder. I was
2: gonna go there, but I wasn't that bad. You are.
0: Kudos <laughs> to you, sir. Um, <clears throat> uh, Dr. Dr. Ross uh, I know that, uh, you sometimes, uh, are among the, uh, the slaves, uh, present at, uh, at gigs. Uh,
2: I prefer unpaid intern, actually. Mm. Um, I'm an unpaid intern of ghoul on occasion because I, I enjoy their music and also they threaten me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, no college credit.
2: No college credit, uh, but um, I do have the joy of cleaning up their their snot and spit.
0: This is a rough gig, man uh, but I, I know, mean I don't
2: know have you tasted have you tasted their snot and spit? you don't know
0: i guess uh i I've, I've had various uh, f- fluids uh, sprayed around uh, my general area, but I don't know if I've actually tasted it.
2: Well, you should get on that that's all I'm saying
0: <laughs> yeah i, hey, I I just saw Ghoul and Rip to
2: Shreds and their Halloween show. It was great.
0: That's that's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. We had Andrew Lee of uh, Rip to Shreds uh, join us on this very podcast. Just uh, Jordan, how how long ago was that? That two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah,
2: what? he he's great. We hung out all night. He's a really nice guy. We had some great conversation. Um, we talked about um, uh, we talked. He's a big fan of. Um, French cuisine and we talked about souffle cooking. So I'm really excited to try his recipe for a cheese souffle. (laughs) It's it's we just gabbed all night like a couple of old girlfriends. It was great.
0: You know, it's it's just making me realize we did kind of fuck up uh our our booking for this year and that we had a perfect opportunity to get both holder and molder on this show to really round everything out, make it a nice nice square, symmetrical kind of thing, Jordan.
1: Well, now that you bring it up, I'm solder on it. (laughs) <laughs>
0: uh but that's that's not enough it's not enough that you're you got a new record you're doing a tour uh you're hanging out with uh cool bands as an unpaid intern uh you, you've also got a whole other deal going on uh special reunion I show
2: yeah, i do uh there's, uh there is a ludicrous show coming no, Ludicra for those of you that don't know because i guess it's a uh, slightly separate scene from Neanderthalic gore metal that I'm usually uh, known for in some circles. I played in a metal adjacent band called Ludacra for about 11 years that had some critical praise and some cult following, especially along the West Coast, and released four records. And then we broke up rather acrimoniously. But we're hanging out again, and we decided that we didn't put the band to rest in a nice fashion. So we've revisited it. We've hung out. We're friends again, and we're going to play. We played the Northwest Terror Fest in Seattle. We're we're going to play this show in San Francisco and say goodbye to San Francisco. And if there are any shows in the future, they will definitely not be in San Francisco. Where this is not a. This is not a reunion in the sense that uh, we're going to keep going like Kiss or the Rolling Stones. We're just saying goodbye to a couple of choice cities that we always love to play. And it should be a fantastic show with Death Grave and Funeral Trant, who are friends at the Great American Music Hall, November 12th. And it's certain to sell out, so I would get tickets or something while they're still available.
0: If you are a listener in the Bay Area... I would recommend doing that right now.
2: Yep, and you can see my sexy ass.
0: Again, always a always a sell.
2: That's what Lud was largely known for. The ass? Yeah, my ass. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um I I didn't see that like in the, the Metal Archives page, so if anybody that's an active editor there wants to go ahead and edit uh that into the Ludicere page, that would be helpful. Thank you. <clears throat>
2: yeah, yeah, there was there was the cancelled decibel cover shoot. They deemed it too sexy. Cover,
0: so. Uh, those prudes. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. They're terrible. Metal can be so conservative sometimes. It's it's it can be it's it's shameful, really.
0: Well, I think that hopefully uh, people have had enough metal for one podcast. I certainly have, haven't you, Jordan? Uh, that's enough. We've hit the quota. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's a- it's great. I'll, I love, put it, put the plugs at the beginning so that there's no avoiding them. That's fantastic.
0: Uh, yeah. If you, if you want to hear the horror shock, you got to listen to all the plugs. That's how it works. All yes.
2: Right. Enough with that shit. Let's get to the, uh, my next, uh, I was so glad that I stumped you both again with another movie that you had not seen.
0: So I actually had seen this movie, and it took me... Oh,
2: you just didn't remember that you'd seen
0: it. It took me about I heard shamefully long, about 15 minutes to be like, oh yeah, I've seen this one before. <laughs> it uh, is
2: kind of a messy movie, it's, uh, so I can kind of understand why you'd be a little confused at first.
0: It is a tremendously messy movie and I want to dive all into that because that was I think that was the most of what I mean, me and Jordan were talking about with it.
2: I mean messy narratively and and uh literally as well.
0: Absolutely. What is the name of this movie?
2: We I had you review and and, and also and then view the nineteen ninety three uh little known Australian horror comedy i think it's fair to say uh called body melt
0: now a lot of people uh you know with a name like body melt yeah you can kind of imagine what's going to happen here <laughs> it's uh... yeah, the
2: title the title is you know there's a lot of movies like um uh, uh like twilight there, that movie doesn't take place entirely during twilight well there is a body melting all throughout body melt it, the, the title is honest and true
0: and incredibly Australian um, you'd, yeah you'd be hard pressed to find a more Australian movie outside of, I'm going to plug it again wake and fright <laughs>
2: yeah it's very it's a very dry humor I mean it's got a lot of um, it has a lot of that, that that southern hemisphere style that I think you see uh, in uh, Peter Jackson's early work too, like really weird awkward close-ups and somewhat garish caricatures of um, of people and um but then like you know put them right next to a normal person so you're like watching cartoons next to normal people it's 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 interesting and the pacing is is Australian it it doesn't pace like an American movie i love australian and new zealand horror I, I think I, I maybe I just find it refreshing to see a different take on those things than the standard American formula.
0: If you're, um, you know, if you're a fan of like, uh, gosh, uh, bad taste, I think that this would be a yes. close analog for it.
2: I mean, I, I feel like I feel like he may have seen this movie uh, in the run-up. Wait, is Bad Taste before or after? Ooh, I, no, I think it was after. Like but not by much. He had started he did work on it for four years.
0: Bad taste did come up no, before. Bad, sorry,
2: Bad Taste is much earlier. Yeah. So okay, so then these people definitely saw yeah, definitely saw Peter Jackson then. But it's like, yeah, it's a kind of a cultural thing going on there. Um it, it, it has similar vibes to it.
0: Um, I I guess I first saw this on like prime video or something a few years ago when they it used to be just a content clearinghouse house. Uh, and now that distinct, that honor is, uh, is held by Tubi, uh, where I rewatched it. Hell yeah. It. I fucking Tubi love Tubi. Is the,
1: Tubi is
2: the EBT of streaming platforms. It's great. It's <laughs> your, it's, it's your movie food stamps.
0: It has such a blisteringly strange variety of things. Jordan and I have kind of gone on tangents about Tubi, about things you halfway remember seeing when you were like seven years old. It's on Tubi. <laughs>
2: Oh, absolutely. I re- I rewatched all of the G-, G I Joe cartoons, transformers, gem and the holograms and humanoids. They got all that shit. Nobody else seems to think that that stuff matters. They're wrong.
0: And, uh, best of all for the low, low price, uh, free. Uh, it's tough to beat it. Yeah.
2: And yeah, so, so do yourself a favor, get the tubi app and, uh, go watch, uh, press pause and watch body melt. And then we'll talk about it.
0: Oh, also if you're watching it on your computer Your ad blocker works on Tubi, so you don't see any ads at all. Just a pro tip there for everybody.
1: I I got ads.
0: You got ads? Yeah,
1: it it was really uh, jarring because usually with like a Hulu or something like that, they'll wait till there's like a lull in the story or a scene transition. This is just J.G. Wentworth opera singing i need ish now commercial just like right in the middle of a sentence
2: <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird too because well body melt body melt starts with a commercial so you might have thought you were still watching the movie for a second
1: i love when movies i don't think they really do this anymore where they have fake commercials like robocop like, right so well this fun. is
2: th- there's definitely uh, a a satirical bent in body melts on You know, like blandly speaking, or generally speaking, I guess, uh, just against like consumerism in general. But this one takes on the health, the health supplement
0: industry, which um, maybe you should have gone harder on them because they're still they're still doing their thing, unfortunately.
2: (laughs) I I can't believe a two million dollar Australian horror film didn't stop the health the health supplement industry. I I really thought it had a chance to put a dent in the cultural zeitgeist.
0: I got to say, this one's on you, Philip Brophy. Uh, There wouldn't be a GNC on every corner. uh, If it if you hadn't worked, if you had worked harder, we wouldn't have that problem.
2: Yeah. If, if if your story was a little more sensical and wrapped up a little quicker, come on, pace it, pace it up Australians. Enough of this dry humor in these long scenes. Um, Yeah. This movie, I mean, I love that, like, you know, the over the top gore when it's not, the, the gore that happens is incredibly over the top and uh, disgusting, but I mean, there's obviously story in between um, and long drawn out scenes between Australians being weirdo Australians in a suburb called Happyville, Chating,
0: Homesville. What was it
2: called? Holmesville, and in a, specifically the suburb of it was like Pleasant. Where the fuck is this? Uh, Pebbles Court. It's yes, the uh, the the court that they. That you'll you'll watch uh you'll watch all of these people um uh, suffer tremendously and it's a joy because some of them are prototypical suburbanite uh annoying people and it, I the 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 one dad in the jogger suit just kills me I want his jogger oh. suit so bad it's brightly colored
0: I said the same thing
2: tight lycra
0: I said the same thing I was watching this with my wife I'm like I am going to be that guy in 10 years <laughs> <laughs>
2: That was the character I thought was the most uh, like kind of Peter. If her, you know, uh, reference that a lot of horror fans would know it was most like a Peter Jackson style character. He was like very silly with like kind of gelled hair in this goofy fashion. Um, but yeah, there's also the married couple, um, the, the the single guy who's who has a weird plot point about some girl he keeps dreaming about, which I never and and she collects bones that that never really kind of goes anywhere.
0: It, it doesn't it matter. Provided a couple of really, really great, uh, shots like images on the screen, but absolutely nothing other than that.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not even sure he died by the end. I'm trying to remember. Um, uh, but he, uh, the, the, the story was, so, uh, the director, uh, looked him up. It was, um, he and, uh, the right the other writer were members of an art punk group. Um, and so that was like they were, which was like active in like the, the late seventies, early eighties. Do you know which the? Is why do you know the
0: name of this group?
2: Uh, they, I'm gonna try. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now that this is not the literal name of the group, but the group name is Right Arrow Up Arrow Right Arrow. But those symbols—that's so, the name of the group, and you, it's pronounced chit chit chit.
0: Yes, which if you'll remember the early 2000s cocaine culture in the United States, there was an experimental dance group from New York called exclamation mark, exclamation, exclamation mark, which called themselves chick, chick, chick chick as well, uh, which I have to say uh, in poor taste. Yeah, in poor taste, dickheads.
2: Like, who would ever be in a band that had like, say, some really famous Japanese punk band that had the same name as them like <laughs> go keep going with that? That would just be stupid. Nobody should do something like that. That's dumb. So, yeah, fuck you, Chicha Ch. I'm a Chicha Chi fan. <laughs> I actually do really like the, I like the music in this movie. It's very nineties techno. Uh, the theme song over the credits, where the guy—it's techno. It sounds like a Lords of Acid song, but he just keeps screaming "body melt" <laughs> at random intervals. It's great. It's very different from a lot of horror soundtracks. Um, I, I think, I, well, especially the ones in the '90s that were always like really dumb. Uh, I think they were getting big on like new metal and heavy metal bands being part of the soundtrack, which I never was really that
0: down with. As I much mean. As I, that was, uh, I think, the last, uh, the last thing that made rock bands a lot of money. Unfortunately. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's why I'm not down with it because they never asked me.
0: Yeah, there we go. There we go. We need a, we need a new wave of, a new wave of, uh, schlocky horror soundtracks. I think that would be ideal. That's
2: right.
1: Uh,
2: any producers, uh, you can. I'll send you a comp copy of Exum to the Dead right now. Just uh, hit me up.
1: They're going to remake the Spawn movie, so there's your shot. Maybe you could do a collaboration okay. with a band. I, I, I,
2: I, do, I do still have taste, and I will be no part of any Spawn movie. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, what's the point of remaking something that's perfect?
2: <laughs> oh, okay, let's move on to body melt. Um
0: i would I would like to make a quick note uh, just for funsies I listened to uh the director his his band uh from when he was a kid uh, it was called Chick 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 the last record he put out under the name asphyxiation uh the album is called what is this thing called Disco It is on bandcamp where it was recently reissued and it's very good. I recommend you folks listen to it when you get some time moving yeah, so
2: on Philip, Brophy. Philip Roth, I guess, was working on this movie for years. And, it, oh, that, that, the point was that, one, he's in a weird art punk group, but the movie is actually based on four short stories of his, which is, explains a bit of the disparity and why they are so thinly thread together. They do thread together mostly, but it, the fun is more watching these characters um who, some are unlikable, some are fine, but they all die these weird, gruesome deaths because they're taking a an untested vitamin supplement provided to them by a corporation. Uh, because as we know, all corporations are evil. And I, movies teach us this, but then people still love fucking Elon Musk. I can't figure that out. He's a supervillain from a movie, and... So it just proves that movies and violence have no influence because people are stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. Like if, if movies uh, held any kind of like uh, influence on the world, like, uh, you know, nobody would uh, would build like a trillion dollar missile defense system that doesn't work named after Star Wars.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, like um, anybody who was like uh arming the cops with futuristic weaponry we would realize that they're probably bad guys and that we should stop them
0: uh that never happened unfortunately
2: no so but body melt certainly got me to stop
0: taking vitamins it worked on me tossing my fish oil in the fucking trash
2: i used used to eat so much protein powder for my ass and i I just now i just do it the natural way
0: that's I mean, I, I used to take protein and, powder as yeah. well, but I quit taking it because of my ass as well, just for different reasons. It makes it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, that's
2: why you got to take the Metabucil with the protein powder. That ah, works. there we go. Um, so yeah, so these, the, these characters, there's, uh, the first death is the, a, a whistleblower who, uh, ends up, uh, dying he's basically poisoned by the company before he can blow the whistle. So I, and that's your first death.
0: I wanted to ask kind of the lead up to this because you know halfway I'm not sure if I was paying attention i the other half is I'm not sure if it was spelled out directly but it certainly looked like he had just uh, he was in uh, post coital bliss with one of the VPs at this company when he's injected by uh, this lady with uh, with the lime green ooze shit. Is yes. that what happened?
2: that is what happened it does not make a lot of sense because um he's obviously leaving the company and it looks like he's been injecting this stuff but then i don't know if he was also using letting himself be used as a test subject to try to show the world because he doesn't get much screen time before tentacles come out of his uh throat and and kill him so he's killed basically by his own mutating organs after drinking a bunch of detergent Yeah, because I I guess that was he thought that might be a cure or something.
0: I was hoping that one of you two guys could explain uh, drinking soap uh, to me. Um, Does that have any healing properties against? uh, Yes, I I
2: recommend I recommend drinking at least uh, eight ounces of soap a day.
0: Mm. Does it matter which which brand?
2: Dawn. Dawn is the best, but you can also go with uh, Simple Green.
0: Ah, I, I do like that one. Like Jordan. So, so I'm,
2: I'm going to legally, I am I'm I'm putting this out as a recommendation. I am legally bound uh, to anybody who is stupid enough to put soap in their mouth. So, yeah, I, I assume he like, you know, it, it didn't really establish if he was like a chemist or something. But, yeah, for some reason, he really wanted to drink detergent when his body started mutating. Um, it,
0: I, I'm assuming it had some kind of
2: counteractive effects, maybe the sulfates. I'm not sure, uh, but it doesn't work.
0: It does not work, Jordan. This was your first time seeing this movie. Give me a play-by-play. What are you thinking during these opening minutes of the film?
1: Well, within the first thirty seconds, we get both tits and dong, so I knew this was going to be a good movie right away. Right,
2: like, and a, a nice pair of tits and dong.
1: Like, it's good. It's um. So yeah, I, I think what it was is this person was a whistleblower for the company and. While it was kind of like implied he had been taking some sort of supplements or injections, this one that was given to him was like a stronger dose because the head of the company knew that he was going to be a whistleblower. And she was convinced like he had been given enough where he'd die right away. But as we see, he's driving towards a place called Pebbles Court where we get in like very choppy, blocky, uh, late eighties computerization of the little uh, in, cul-de-sac,
0: including uh, a horrific uh, synthesizer voiceover effect. <laughs>
1: Pebble
0: yeah. Court.
2: Yeah, he was like uh, plain paper boy or something.
1: It's so
0: fucking and, cool.
2: Uh, and he, but yeah, it has that. Uh, so the the citi- the citizens residing in Pebbles Court, which is, I believe, is basically kind of established. It's a suburb. Uh, like a, like a suburb unit that's like sponsored by the company as well. Um, so this company is using these people as Guinea pigs and doing things like testing their, uh because they've built the houses and everything. They have access to their urine waste and things of that nature. So they are able to test on these people and see how the supplements are working that they've advertised to them.
0: I think that's right. Uh, a lot of the things that we're saying here, um some are less obvious than others. <laughs> you have to kind of think I had never considered that the company actually built these fucking houses <laughs>
2: I, yeah I think that's like kind of established um there's like later scenes where they're te- like they show them testing the urine, and in a great little computer graphic, they have they're testing the uh the nuclear family and It has the different urine samples for the dad and the mom and then the kids' urine samples are smaller and then the little boys' urine sample is spilling over in the computer graphic for some reason. (laughs) Like, I guess just somebody on, somebody making that graphic thought that would be really funny because it doesn't actually advance anything in the plot or have anything to do with anything that's later mentioned. She just says, oh, the urine samples are great. Like, you're going to love these. Like, it's great for our, our vitamin supplement that we're about to put out.
0: So our whistleblower here—he um, just got the hot dose. He doesn't realize it yet. He's driving to this suburb of Melbourne, a suburb of Melbourne, and uh, he—he's uh, going to go warn all of these people uh, that he knows are being tested upon. But as you mentioned, he doesn't make it. Instead, his organs force themselves out of his mouth, and making some kind of, kind of like a like a carapace kind of thing come out of his face and his neck. It's pretty fucking gnarly.
2: <laughs> it looks like like it looks like Alaskan king crab legs or something comes out and kind of just it doesn't really do anything because I'm, I'm pretty sure having your neck split open is already going to kill you. But the tentacles come out anyways and just kind of grab at his face and then retreat, and that's it. He's dead after crashing through a car window, of course, because and he's reading into a tape player. And uh, about like the effects going on with him, and he's he's about to lose it, and then he and he goes through the car window and dies, uh, crashing into a van in this court, and of course all the neighbors come out and see it, and then the cop the cops show up, and I think that's one of my one of my favorite lines from this is like like is he dead? He's like, what do you think, mate? <laughs> uh, as he's sitting there with his like completely ripped open neck, having like not moving at all, it's like, well yeah, he's,
1: he's pretty sure he's dead. So. Everyone's very unconcerned about this. this yeah, rotted, melted really, corpse.
2: There's the one guy who's just kind of like uh, the guy who later has weird fantasies about having his rib bone pull out by a lady. Uh, he's just kind of like milling by the window and just be like, "Huh? Like, oh, sunlight in the sub, sunlight in the suburbs. It looks nice out there." So it's yeah. I I mean, this was uh, this was the first theatrical film, and I guess last theatrical film of Philip. <laughs>
0: i mean when you nail it on the first attempt you don't have to keep doing it
2: yeah why why go on so but yeah the death the death is cool and gruesome uh so right from the get-go you start getting cool deaths um and then they move on i there's a there's a couple of uh italian uh, italian australians there that are um As in typical Italian racism are shown to be the kind of jerks of the block
0: there. And
2: they go off and have their own little side story.
0: They do. Uh, I I actually read uh, some film criticism on Philip Brophy's uh, website specifically about these Italian children because I had so many questions about them specifically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So,
2: yeah. And what was answered?
0: So, actually, a lot of things. Nothing you would ever, ever, ever grasp watching this movie. You're on your fucking own. <laughs> but it's uh, stating that essentially, like these kids, uh, Sal Ciccone and Geo Gino Argento, are Italian kids. Sal. Uh, yeah, I know they're Italian kids, but you know they're they're Australian. They speak with heavy Australian ac- accents, and they're meant to represent like having basically come backed up all the way into your brain. They are pure id. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and part well, of, I think, sorry, yeah.
2: go ahead. Oh, later on, one of the the car- one of these Italian boys is asked if, uh, if he has a lot of brothers and sisters and he says, I'm Italian, mate. Spermatozoa grandissimo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a
2: classic. So line. I don't
0: know if, if that was uh, a
2: comment on, um, uh, if maybe, uh, Philip Brophy is, is racist against Italian immigrants in Australia and thinks they're breeding too much, but it was a line that made me as, uh, being part of time made me laugh pretty fucking hard.
0: So the other part of this is that, you know, they're, they have Italian names, but they are part and parcel of just like a, a product of, of Australia about everything about them it is another way of talking about, uh. You know who, what your identity is, in a place where everybody lives in the fucking suburbs. It's you're all the same. You're if you're you've got a silly Italian name, you're still just a shithead from the suburbs.
2: <laughs>
0: Interesting.
2: That was Philip Brophy's comment.
0: So this was or a Jordan. you know this was uh, someone who published criticism. This was Raphael Caputo published a criticism about body melt. This is published on. Philip Brophy's website under critiques.
2: <laughs> Interesting. I like that. Oh, Cause they are all just kind of like, uh, they're not the worst suburban people that you've ever seen in a, in a movie, no. uh, sat- a satirical horror movie, but they're, they're certainly like blandish enough and just kind of like fitting in, into the like, Oh yeah, we just live in a suburban tract and now we're just victims of consumerism and society.
0: And yeah, I think one of them is wearing a Chicago bulls jacket. Yes. I mean that kind of says it. It all it all mixes together. It, before we move on with this movie, I would like to just call attention to one thing, and that the the little suburban neighborhood that they live in. I love the way that that is modeled in this movie because it looks so fucking des- desolate. <laughs> like it, the way they shoot these houses is like there's nothing around for a million miles. And I just I don't know. I love the isolation that he's depicted in that shot. Uh, if I, can... I think
2: I, I I'm wondering if he got that with the shot or if that's really just uh, Australian suburbia because it is a vast vast uh, country full of not a whole lot around certain areas so that might just be Melbourne.
0: We have like two Australian listeners so maybe they can answer for us. <laughs>
2: yeah, is your country is your country bland and horrible? No, I'm, it's actually got a lot of interesting things. But in the suburbs, just probably not even that dissimilar from say i've been uh friends in like you know brand new built texas suburbs where the land is vast and flat and it looks like you're in the middle of nowhere and there's god knows you're not gonna be able to walk to anything convenient so i think that might just also just be a, you're right it is a functionality amongst uh large suburban tracts of a, remodeled modeled houses.
0: As a Texan, I got to say, it's a huge bummer when one of your friends buys one of those places because you'll never see them again.
2: <laughs> no, why would you? I, get, yeah. I'm not uh, driving. you a DoorDash driver, maybe.
0: Yeah, I'm not driving an hour and a half out of town, bud. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no.
0: Okay, back to the movie. Sorry, so, I had to have that that aside there.
2: That. Yeah, so the cops are going on their own quest, but the, I love these Italian voices just like... I guess they're going to meet up with like uh, a hooker or someone to fuck, but they break down in the, t- in the little town of nowhere. And then we get into weird mutant Hickville.
0: What is the name of the Hickville that they're in?
2: I I think it was literally called nowhere.
0: Um, this is where the movie has, as you mentioned, a side quest that is essentially the Texas chainsaw massacre.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it gets really weird. It doesn't make. Uh, it doesn't make. They, they. I was watching this with someone who'd never seen it, and they're like, "Does this ever all come together?" And I'm like, "Kind of, <laughs> sort of, but barely." Just enjoy the ride because you're about to see Robert Zadar's long lost, lost cousin Jesus. in the form of a, a horny <laughs> woman. Jesus. <laughs> She's got the biggest – I looked up the actress the later, too, and it, that, that part was not prosthetic.
1: I, I was wondering when I watched it if this was really her face or not.
2: No, uh, most of it is. I think they covered up her eyebrows, and that was about it. Um, she's a randy uh, woman. There is it's hard, There is a patriarchal figure of this group who uh, comes to be of some import later. But, but. there are yeah, – uh, yeah, and there are uh, – there's this woman and two younger uh, baby siblings. Even they're not sure in the movie when asked what their relation is to the family, but it becomes clear very quick that this family only fucks each other.
0: Uh, and they all they all have uh, mud vein names.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, Pud, and, and they have um, the patriarchal figure who's going to supposedly fix these Italians' car has crazy gigantic sores well i guess they all have sores but they're they're so they're all kind of mutated in weird ways that are very um, uh you know hills have eyes and uh movies of that ilk living on a weird farm but the italians are so dumb they actually like these people and have fun (laughs) throwing rocks at a kangaroo that and the shot
0: eating. the shot of throwing a rock at a kangaroo like a thousand yards away and, and sh- killing it <laughs> and the just everybody everybody's celebrating a, immediately like i i hate a, violence against animals but that is a very funny shot
2: <laughs> well don't be too sad because kangaroos are terrible they are horrible animals they're they're i mean of course people are uh, besides, you know, aboriginals are completely interlopers to their land. However, they are big bullies. They love to do jerky things and are mean creatures. This I have a, I, I don't ever want to meet one. They seem like real fucking assholes, and they're incredibly strong. So, that said, they kill this kangaroo. I laughed. And then they rip into it and eat its pineal gland.
0: They're fucking hitting the adrenochrome, baby.
2: <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. So they're very, the Hicks are very excited about the pineal gland and getting some hormone eating out of this kangaroo, which kind of ties in later with supplement. And, and well, anyways, these Italian stories, because this movie goes back and forth so much. Can we just stay on the Italian's journey? And I, how, I would love to stay one, on
0: the Italian journey. It's so, yeah, so, so it, giant. Doesn't,
2: it doesn't last that long. Yeah. It ends. they and they but it goes throughout the whole movie. And so one of them decides that he wants, he wants to fuck Robert, the female Robert Sadar
0: And she is down. And she is down to clown.
2: Oh, she's down to clown. Yeah. They've got, and, uh, and then she asks, I can't remember the words. Like, do you want Lulu? And he says, yeah, sure. And they cut away. And when they cut back, she's just grinding, like she's impaling his crotch and, and destroying him with a gigantic pole which I'm not really sure I understood what Lulu was before that. But if anybody ever asked you for Lulu or whatever, just say no, including the Metallica record. It's terrible. <laughs> and so he dies. And so then the father says, says you have to, I told you we have to, Oh, there's a grandmother in there that shows up for no reason. She she's
0: watching, home, like so she's watching hardcore porn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. So yeah, the, the other time finds her runs out. She doesn't matter. Um, so he he figures out his friend is dead. The father yells, "This is why I told you to always keep it in the family." So clearly they're all fucking in in breeding. And the boy tries the other Italian boy tries to escape in a truck that can only turn right. So he just goes in a big circle <laughs> and can't get away. And presumably they kill him. That this is not shown. I don't
0: think. Which is so funny because this movie is not shy about killing people even a little bit.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. So, the Italian story is somewhat done. Um, spoiler, their pineal glands are harvested, uh, I guess, as, as we'll reveal later. Uh, but, but then we go back
1: to the suburbs. Hang, hang
0: on, before we just, leave the Italians, Jordan, I want, yes. I want you to get your piece in here. What, what did you think about this whole subquest?
1: with like a lot of these different scenes or like stories like you said it's originally written as an anthology and once you know that you kind of realize that these are just kind of their own little stories with like little threads connecting each other um and the thing that i got from all these different stories is they're kind of taking from different horror genres or stories and i got a lot The Hills Have Eyes or Freak or that sort of thing. And that's kind of like this section of the movie. And then we go to uh, different ones. But I think in this is relatively early on in the movie, like I thought the whole movie was going to be this, which would have been fine. But we never really see these characters again, with the exception of Pud, because we learn that he was some sort of scientist in the past.
2: Yes, uh, related to the Vi, Vi, B2 Well or, or B, B, Vitaville uh, Corporation. Um, Vimyville, Vimyville. Thank you. I, I'm not. I, you know, I cannot tell. I, I kind of understand that it's tie in going for Robert Zadar's like female cousin because there was a certain. She had a certain something, uh, I think it would be called hor- the ex- exuberant horniness that kind of made her, <laughs> I felt somewhat attractive.
0: She she got the kavorka, man. If you got it, you got it.
2: <laughs> yeah. She just, you know, she just put it out there and it was like, she owned it. She owned her gigantic chin and brow ridge and it was kind of hot.
0: You know, there's... There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I, I think that no. it was fun for me to take this, you know, obviously these kids are going into, like you mentioned, a Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw situation. And instead of being scared, they join in with these mutants and they're just like, this is so much fun. <laughs>
2: yeah, they were, re- they were really getting on with them quite well at first. This, it was the unfortunate act of groin impaling that uh,
0: kind of killed the mood. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Okay, let's go back to the city as it were. Uh we have So there's
2: there's the there's the single guy I I don't even want to spend too much time on it. He has a bunch of fantasies about a woman that he met at the airport who steals his bones. I don't understand. But it was a cool shot of the bones being opened up like some kind of weird sounding kit and bone noises and I'm not even sure what the fuck happened to that character, so I really don't give a shit, but uh, whatever.
0: Before so then, before that actually happens, before uh, this, there's the scene of pulling out the bones from his chest, there is one quick shot of a bunch of very clean bones laid out on a red sheet with, like, a bedspread yeah. next a to it that looks like, shot. yeah, it's so uh, artistically done, so well done, and, like, I, you don't see something like that in other, you wouldn't see it, like, in a street trash.
2: <laughs> no. And and it, and and it amounts to nothing to the
0: plot.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and it, the weird thing is, like, there is something there. There's a story there that, like, you're kind of interested in hearing about because he's seeing this woman who is sometimes beautiful and sometimes is deformed. And at one point, when she's pulling at his ribs, she says something along the lines of, "Like, there are only 13 people in the world, and they're all living inside your head." And she pulls out his rib, and that's kind of it. We never get I any think he, payoff. He,
2: nope, he shows up later, and he's already a mutant and gets killed uh, very quickly.
1: His face explodes, doesn't it? Yeah,
2: his, his, and tentacles are coming out trying to kill uh, the doctor who's checking in on him. I think that's it. That's the end of his story. That comes later. That has nothing to do with the woman he fantasized about. It's, don't worry about it. Just go with the visuals. It's pretty cool. <laughs> All
0: let right, right, let's, let's move on here then. Uh, that guy was the least interesting. So, oh, if, sorry, go ahead.
2: The cops, yeah. The oh no, yeah. Moving on. The cops are they're finding out seem right because they the first corpse they have a beautiful shot of a full uh, very uh, I guess uh, was outsourced from normal Australian I was reading about it. It was a very important shot to the director to film in an actual morgue and to film this extremely realistic body that had kind of unrealistic things done to it. Um, so you get another full dick shot and full body shot of this corpse. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty good looking corpse, honestly, for a <laughs> fake corpse. Like it looks like very real. And, uh, and so the cops are like, well, this, this, we're starting to see some weird things in this little suburb, like the, what's going on with this guy. So I think they go, the cops go and interview the lady about the whistleblower and she disavows all knowledge of him and says that guy probably uh, she doesn't know of anybody who there who worked like that. And they're like, well, case closed. He's just a nut.
0: Yep. The cops and, also go and interview, uh, a pregnant woman in the suburb there. Um, who's yep. whose, uh, husband just left town. Uh, they they just explained that they had just moved in a couple of days prior and they hadn't met the neighbors. The most that they'd seen of them is our guy from the beginning of the movie fucking blowing up and exploding out of a car. (laughs) and Hadn't really got a chance to say hi to folks other than that.
2: No, they're still, she's still unpacking. Um, so yeah, but the cops, they, of course they have, they eventually have to come back to this court because more deaths uh, start happening. Um, because the, the the older cop, the grizzled cop, is like, "Well, we're done here. This is, doesn't matter. There's nothing. This is a nothing." And but then I'm trying. yeah, the next suburban death. If we go back to the suburbs, correct? Yes. Is um, I think it is the pre- it is the pregnant lady. Is it not? Yeah. Yeah. So so she. This is a great scene of. Uh, pregnancy horror, which I, oh, she went and saw the doctor, who is turns out to be the evil doctor, who's helping to study these people and the supplement. And I think he says the line: he says like, uh, "Babies are the ultimate parasite." <laughs> I
0: mean, when you're right, you're right.
2: He's like, he's like, babies are the ultimate parasite, but you're fine. Turns out she's not.
0: No, she's been taking these goddamn vitamins.
1: <laughs> the vitamins and the, the, will get you every time. Yeah, the doctor is talking to the head of Vimyville and he was like warning her like this is going. There's too much. We can't stop it. And she's like, nope, nope. Bro. We have endorsement deals. It's going to be on the shelves of stores in a couple of weeks. Keep going. And uh, then we cut to this pregnant woman in her house. She's unpacking things when she doubles over in pain and essentially gives birth to placenta. A yeah, writhing, so her, throbbing placenta.
2: Her sentient placenta, so placentia, placentient,
0: Senti- uh, sentient, sentient placent I don't know, that sounds like a, yes, that's kind of so that like a crawling. tech death band. <laughs> right.
2: So first she's concerned and she calls the doctor and says, can I, is it possible to give your birth to your placenta early? Which is a great, uh, like she's no, no, no nuts. That's you can't just do that. The doctor says, I don't think that's normal. Uh, we better come. I'm going to come check on you. So she goes back to look for the placenta and it's gone. <laughs> and I love the next scene where she's just ripping the house apart, looking for the placenta as if she had just misplaced it.
0: I mean, I, <laughs> what are you going to do? If you can't, if it wasn't where you last put it, you got to go looking. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: always the always, the your placenta is always going to be in the last place you look and uh but she's got bigger problems her so her and and the doctor calls her husband so her husband comes back home and the placenta who attack like jump out of nowhere and attack her husband well oh because she's about to cut out her baby because i think her baby is doing horrible things inside of her yeah like uh, her
0: her belly is like pointing upwards and like there's a lot of a lot of writhing and grossness there, obviously uncomfortable
2: and I read this somewhere but I didn't really quite get this but I don't know if anyone else, it said the baby appears to
0: be raping her, ooh, I did not get that vibe get at that. all man
2: okay, yeah I read that and I was like oh, I think this person might just be dark, uh, cause that's not what I got it just kind of seems more like the baby's just growing, mutating and becoming some disgusting mess inside of her, so she's about to cut it out Husband pops in and says, stop it. And the placenta has other ideas and jumps into his throat and starts choking him. <laughs> and he's trying to hold the knife, her from slicing her belly open while trying to pull the placenta out of his throat. So, you know, props to that that hero, because he was, you know, while his life is in danger, he's trying to save the life of his child. And, I, you know, that's probably the most heroic act in the whole movie. And uh, but he doesn't make it. And he chokes to death. And she explodes. Like yeah. She doesn't just die. She fucking explodes with a tremendous gas pouring forth from her belly.
0: So it's become clear that, you know, whatever is happening with uh, this, you know, supplement uh, that people are putting in their bodies, there's not a real rhyme or reason to what it's doing to folks. It's just, uh, you know, it's just kind of going with it. Whatever effect seems appropriate for the time. So
2: so the cops come back and it's great because they're, they're super smart. And, and they say like, I, like her ribs are pointing outwards. So she's clearly exploded from the inside. <laughs> and, and like, there's like, I can't believe a man would do that to his wife.
0: <laughs> you know, great. He,
2: great detective work there.
0: Guess, uh, guess these, uh, grizzled old cops have become jaded on the force.
2: <clears throat> yeah. They're just, uh, so they're dead. <laughs> the couple's now dead. And meanwhile, the, uh, the nuclear family is going on a holiday.
0: Going on a holiday let, to that, the, the health farm? Is that what they keep calling it?
2: The, 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 yes, the, the Vitaville health farm, wherever it was called, uh, Vimuville. What was it again?
0: Vimuville.
1: Vimuville, yeah.
2: Vimuville has a, also has a health spa, um, and that's uh, peppered with a bunch of himbos. That are seemingly addicted to the medicine that makes you mutate and die.
0: So um, this was uh, this was a moment for me. This was a world's be colliding uh, moment. Uh, the two himbos there uh, they're they're both huge huge bodybuilders. Uh, one has a very funny uh, super high pitched voice. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a guy named. I, I did. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that, that's a guy named Matt McLean who as of. I think a few years ago, was still a competitive bodybuilder. And then the other one is a guy that I recognize from a documentary I've called, I think, The Dark Side of Bodybuilding. Oh, no. Uh, This is a guy named Greg Valentino. And folks that have seen this documentary before, uh, which is probably a fair number of people have seen it specifically for this scene, um, this guy, Greg, uh, due to... You know, years of steroid abuse, it kind of leaves your muscles looking a little bit deflated as you hit middle age. So he started injecting synthol. You know what synthol is, right?
2: No, but I can imagine.
0: So it's basically just plastic waste that you inject into your muscles Uh to make it look like you have more muscles. What happened with Greg here is in addition to the synthol, he used a dirty needle to inject more steroids. And so he had this huge... Uh, excoriation of like this massive rotting tissue in his forearm in the in the documentary he's just kind of like Poking his finger into it and like pulling out all these masses from it, like I'm afraid I might need to go to the doctor. <laughs> oh,
2: God. I think I've seen the photos of this. I don't think I've, ever, I've never seen the documentary. But it I've is the bodybuilder, disgusto
0: photos. When it, it is one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in any movie whatsoever. Real, real Cronenbergian body horror shit. In like real life happening to this crazy motherfucker. So, um, that was, oh, that was God. one of, that was one of the himbos, uh, 10 years into the future from there.
2: <laughs> well, he does, he, he, he should have seen it coming because he does meet a grisly end when his
0: penis explodes. It sure does.
2: <laughs> and the other himbo, uh, the other himbo dies, uh, while fucking a woman. Actually, I don't remember his being all that gruesome, but he strangles her to death on accident.
0: Yeah. And Cause he his
2: back and then he dies.
0: Yeah, his was a little bit more subdued. Um,
2: yeah, so there. Uh, anyways, the suburban family goes to this farm. And they, uh, of course, the, the father is taking the Stimutac or whatever the fuck the, the supplement's called. And his snot starts coming alive. And that's, <laughs> that's a fun scene where he blows a, a booger into the sink and it crawls away.
0: <laughs> I did enjoy that and, quite a bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the daughter, I love. They, he said, they were taking their kids. They, they were going on the vacation of a lifetime, and they take their kids to a fucking health spa. It's <laughs> like maybe the worst. Yeah, he has vacation the worst vacation of a lifetime. We're going to spend
0: a the week daughter, in a gym. <laughs>
2: yeah, the daughter expresses this. Um, the wife uh, is seemingly into it. My favorite death in the entire movie occurs here, where the son goes out to rollerblade. This, and on uh, by himself
0: this is the one scene that i remembered from my first walk on this
2: so yeah so he just like he just he just he goes like doing a good job rollerblading and then just decide he says like watch this one's gonna be the best one ever lands on his face cut we don't see anything the parents are like oh where's robbie or whatever the fuck the little shit's name was because he was kind of a little shit and and they're like oh he's I, he was out he was probably playing and it cuts back and he tur- and he's still out there at nighttime on this half pipe and turns his face and it's just mutilated beyond anything and dies it is nothing related to anything just this motherfucking little shit just kills himself on a half pipe
0: it is so unbelievably dark <laughs> and like you know this kid killing himself on this you know uh super lime green 90s rollerblade ramp It's so fucking dark and disjointed and and for that reason, extremely funny, especially while his dad's like, I saw him sneak his tent in his bag. He's probably sleeping outside. Like, sure, that's a thing that this kid's going to fucking do. Yeah,
2: and he just dies. It's not related to the uh, vitamin. It's not related to the plot. The kid just dies so that you can get a really cool, uh, gruesome face shot (laughs) and kind of laugh at this little shithead uh, dying and I did laugh. I thought it was really funny.
0: <laughs> what What did you think about the uh, the rollerblading scene, Jordan? It was extremely 90. <laughs> it was uh, oh, you know great. like a,
1: a Mountain Dew ad come to life. And like you said, it's so jarring when this kid just falls, but we don't actually see him fall. And then they cut back, and half his face is melted off. <laughs> and I don't think the family ever knows he died.
0: No, they don't. No,
2: because they. They have their own problems. <laughs> the father dies next. Um, uh, I think his face kind of explodes.
0: Yes, outward. His face explodes outwards.
2: And the uh, the mother and the daughter are extremely concerned. Start running around. And this is uh, oh fuck, we skipped the part because I got um, the the doctor who goes to the suburbs. The doctor who's in on it goes to um, visit the Hick family and says like it's this old um, he was a scientist who worked at lab too he says yep your recipe's missing one thing the human pineal gland (laughs) I think that was what it was supposed to be and they don't ever get to like any kind of deal that just cuts then the doctor's back in the suburbs visits the other guy with his face off uh, that attacks him and he injects him with something that kills him. And for so, and the cops see that guy. And like I said, this movie's a fucking mess, but it's a fun <laughs> mess. And they, so the, the the cops come and see that dead guy, who I think was the guy who fantasized about the woman. And he's got an ear growing out of his palm. I don't know yes. what significance that held.
1: He ripped anything. off the doctor's ear.
2: Oh, is that what that was? I thought it was growing out of his hand. <laughs> I'm an idiot. So he rips off the doctor. And that's why the doctor's running around with a bandage on his head. Okay, I'm a fucking doof
0: no it's um, not that easy to follow man <laughs>
2: no it's really not so the doctors racing back to lab. so sorry I had to cut to that because the, the lady in charge when the mother and daughter are screaming looking for help about their about the father whose face just exploded apparently this lady has been taking the supplements too even though she knew how dangerous it was because she starts melting and they come in on her melting and they panic and leave uh, the, the health ranch.
0: See what, what gets me about this is like the, the lady that's in charge of all this shit. Like she knows that this shit is killing people left and right. And yet she's still taking it. I figured she would be, you should be above that, you know,
2: she thought she could take just enough. Um, you know, and it really did make the himbos look good. So she thought maybe it could look good too. Um, yeah, the himbos explode uh, in the meantime all because they're going back and forth with this one girl and they both die through some deaths and then I think the final, final death is these uh, the mother and daughter make their way to a normal hospital without evil doctors <laughs> in, and in one of the more comical deaths the mother, her head doesn't explode but her tongue grows to such a large size it chokes her to death
0: that's it's a pretty wild one yeah it's a very unexpected
2: (laughs) yeah and a whole family is watching uh the, the the daughter is the i think the daughter is the
1: only survivor
2: of the suburbs honestly
0: did she survive Damn, I
2: don't, we never see her die.
1: I don't think she ate any of the food that they were eating at the that's right
2: because they, they had at the health ranch they had all the food and,
1: and she, she does say that at one point she
2: goes everybody ate the food and so the mother's like oh shit and then her tongue grows to this enormous thing and uh, including I don't know if that had anything to do with the boy's death if that's why it happened his face came off from a simple face plant
0: I mean um, he was doing like a backflip off a half pipe he could have easily just broken his you know broken his neck and then his face.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love that. The boy just dies from hubris. Like, that's his Because <laughs> um, he thought he was such a badass extreme rollerblader. And then the the, the, uh, the cop, wait, wait, someone's flying around in a helicopter towards the end. I'm trying it's to remember cops. why. The cops, the cops are f-
0: flying around in the helicopter to find, they're going to Vimuville to try to arrest the doctor or whatever, I think.
2: Right. And then, oh, yeah, and they, I think they do show the cops at Vimyville. They're like getting rid of stuff. Uh, they're going through everything. Oh, then there's this big, but they go back to the police station and there's one more mutant. And I never, I was trying to figure out who it was.
1: I think it was the husband of the pregnant woman. Comes it was. Right?
2: And comes back to life?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think so. It when was. He
2: explodes, one of the goopiest scenes of the entire movie green goop just flying everywhere throughout this whole
0: scene. This, well, this last guy, this is the one where his face gets real big, right? Yes. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> I'm
2: pretty sure it was supposed to be the husband of the pregnant lady. So maybe he didn't actually die in the other scene, the placenta. He just passed out. It's never really explained because the cops only say, like, I can't believe a guy would do that to his wife. Maybe there was something about, like, we've arrested him. I, I missed it. Um, they're speaking this movie Australian. Is a, it's hard to understand. Yeah.
1: This movie is aggressively Australian, and I know they are speaking English, but like I needed closed caption at some point because it was hard I, to follow.
2: I did, uh, as a recommendation, Tubi's great, but I did watch. I actually found it on
1: YouTube for free from some
2: user, and I used their auto captioning, and that helped a little bit. It was not too bad. It did get some stuff wrong. Um, so, yeah, so that guy explodes, and it's a great, but it's great. Like I think, and another I think another cop dies in that one, which is also always great in a movie. Yes. Um, and, uh, from like goo, cause he gets a like, big in the face. And, uh, so that guy explodes and the corner comes up and it's like, Oh yeah, that's something. I can't remember what the, coroner says. the, the
0: corner says. The, com- the corner comes in like wearing a fucking uh, tie dye shirt. <laughs>
2: that's what coroners do. They're always wacky. Uh, they have to deal with death all day. So they wear Hawaiian shirts.
0: Uh, and he he compares you know the the colorful goo on the ground with like the pattern on his own. It's fucking weird, man. It's a very strange ending overall.
2: Yes. So the, But and then of course in a classic kind of horror movie, like the very uh, akin to the stuff. Um, they they raided the offices. Everything's over, except it's not because we go to the gas station where the guy drank detergent and somebody stocks the shelves with Bimboville's health supplement. It's out there, folks. Look the
0: fuck out. This was, uh, you know, the thing that the the head of the business was warning about earlier in the film. Like, they can't stop testing. We signed a deal to be on the shelves, and I didn't think that. I thought by shelves they would be talking about like a drugstore and not like the gas station.
2: <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. Australia is a different place. The the toilet water goes the other direction, and they stock uh, vitamins in gas stations. <laughs> I mean, so, you can- sorry, 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 vitamins.
0: Yeah, you can take vitamins you find at the gas station. They just might give you an uncomfortably hard boner and, you know, heart palpitations. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's my favorite kind. Um, so, um, oh, you know, we so yeah, so- we warn folks that th- this movie, you know, from a narrative standpoint, it doesn't really, it's hard to piece together. But I think that everything there, you can kind of throw it together into one mass. That's what the movie is, essentially.
2: Yeah, it's, it's four disparate stories thinly threaded together with some really cool gore and effects and very dry Australian humor throughout. It's uh, definitely, you can tell it comes from like a punk aesthetic. It's very satirical towards the suburban experience and consumerism in general. Um, I think it's a lot of fun, especially, like it's not like the greatest fucking horror movie I've ever seen, but it's, when you've watched enough horror movies, you're looking for anything you haven't fucking seen that isn't going to totally suck. And this one's pretty fucking good, and I I, I like to recommend it because it's not – um, it, it's off a lot of radars. It's, it's kind of just fallen by the wayside, but I think it's a pretty solid flick.
0: I will say that uh, if you enjoyed uh, – actually, I'm going to go ahead and plug it now because we didn't plug it at the beginning of the show. Our bonus uh, episode on Patreon this month, uh, we cover society – Uh, if you enjoyed this movie you'll enjoy yeah you'll enjoy society if you enjoyed society you'll enjoy this one the the two make it a double screening folks it's a peanut butter and jelly type thing
2: I think so yeah there's good uh, good gory effects with uh, really general social commentary on on rich people sucking which is something I can always appreciate always
0: all right. Closing thoughts on, on this film. Let's go ahead and round table this shit. Uh, Ross, you're, you're on the hot seat. What do you got here?
2: Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I like the, the, the guar esque goo and gore. I love colorful gore. This, uh, you know, um, like, uh, street trash levels of, of fluorescent colors, especially I'm just anytime bright green luminol shows up in a syringe in a movie, I'm fucking sold already. Hell yeah! And on that reanimator shit, <laughs> it doesn't. Absolutely, and there's like just re- weird, cool shit, cool kind of camera shots and stylized angles, especially like the inside the body as people are mutating, that are a lot of fun. And I really just. I really do dig the kind of like dry Australian pace to their to to their horror mo- movies and like you know weird dystopian uh end of world type films they've got you know like um you know Road Warrior Mad Max that kind of weird dry shit or uh, uh these final days and stuff like that uh and this is like a gory this is a fun gory thing especially if you're a fan of Peter Jackson, you'll enjoy this movie. Uh, especially, uh, it's not as good as a Peter Jackson movie, but it's 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 a lot of fun.
0: Uh, I I'd agree with those assessments, Jordan. What are your What are your closing thoughts on this one?
1: It is a wild and weird movie that I said before. It's aggressively Australian <laughs> and uh, extremely '90s to the point where. I couldn't tell if, like, the clothes they were wearing were just because it was the 90s or just because it was Australia, or they were trying to be satirical and funny with it. Um,
2: I, I feel yeah. like that's all of those that
1: could apply. It could be.
2: And uh, and it, do apply equally.
1: And um, like you said, the story is just kind of little bits and pieces of different parts of horror genres and cliches that there there is something there it doesn't quite all fit together um but this is like a type of movie if you're into gore you're into crazy deaths gooey grossness this is a lot of fun and this is the type of movie where you should get like a bunch of friends together who have never seen it and just put it on and don't tell them anything about it because i think people especially who like like a lot of horror but like don't know this movie will be pleasantly and weirdly surprised
2: yes i uh it's not I, citizen Kane, but it's a lot of, it's, it's <laughs> for especially for the long-term jaded horror fan if you haven't seen this you're going to be just pleasantly surprised to find a new one that is fun to watch
0: absolutely um Anytime that I can see uh, somebody making effects uh, out of you know household materials, supposedly of somebody melting, uh, and the colors are nice and uh, bright, it activates something in my brain that releases a lot of nice chemicals. Uh, so for that uh, that reason, I've got to recommend this one. Uh, I will be going back and uh, exploring the discography and. I guess additional video work of Philip Brophy because this guy clearly has something to say and I feel like he might get it across better with his other works. This is just a lot of fun to watch, but I don't know if it was uh, the definitive Philip Brophy piece.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, there was,
2: uh, he did um, the one I have I, I have to see now because the, the title, like when I was looking this up, he, if he has a 40 minute long short film called salt saliva sperm and sweat Ooh. and apparently only includes 11 pieces of dialogue within 40 minutes and just like people keep repeating phrases so i'm gonna have to check this out um the, i do like the techno i mean i i do like that kind of brutalistic techno of the 90s and it's 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 peppered throughout this movie as the score it's a lot of fun
0: um, yeah uh, overall I, I'd say that this was a pretty excellent suggestion for this the final week of the October Spooktacular but as I mentioned there is more if you want one final episode you can get it over on Patreon uh, patreon.com slash toilet of hell again society uh, with our buddy Dylan from Diary of Doom and movies from Green Hell okay
2: yeah don't be a, don't be a fucking cheapskate support a Patreon what the fuck
0: there are worse ways that you could spend money. I'm having trouble coming up with them at the moment, but there are worse. I'm sure Ross, uh, where can folks keep up to date with what you got going on?
2: Uh, you can find me on most social platforms under the handle sewage six six six. uh, that's S E W A G E six, six, six. Um, that's on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, you can you should certainly follow exhumed official or official exhumed on whatever platform that's on um, and also the I, I highly recommend uh, following the band ghoul uh, they're 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 great friends of mine uh, they barely ever spit on me and uh, <laughs> I have my own website dr. that I have not been as active on lately uh, that's d o k t o r S-E-W-A-G-E that's where uh, you can search through a decade and a half of tour diaries and tech tips on how to mod your gear or how to fix shit Uh, I was trying to put something positive in the world and there just hasn't been that much positive in the last two years so there hasn't been that much action lately (laughs) but if you want to know how to mod a Boss DS-1 pedal, that's all archived on there so go look for it
0: yeah man don't pay somebody to do the what is it the katana mod do it yourself uh,
2: yeah it's fun you'll learn how to solder
1: <laughs> and
0: then you can go see molder and older Beautiful. I can't Mulder. wait for you to
1: tell them that joke and just to see the light in their eyes just
0: fade away <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, Jordan anything you want to add on before we get out of here
1: no let's get the hell out of here it's late
0: Russ, thank you so much for joining us on this year of the October Spooktacular. Uh, Always a big fan of these movies that you pick. Always a good time talking to you.
2: Thank you so much for having me again. It was always a pleasure.
0: All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Sixty six point six FM Radio TOVH The Flush.